the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here, back from St. Louis, on my way to New York next week. And uh, that reminds me to remind you, if you know of anyone attending Columbia University, faculty as well as students, I am speaking at Columbia University next Tuesday. It is only open to people affiliated with Columbia as a student or faculty. If you know someone, beg them, bribe them, coerce them, or persuade them, or just tell them that I will be speaking at Learner Hall at Columbia, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. This is a, an important moment if you have a confused nephew, niece, cousin, child, grandchild, second cousin. Have I pretty much exhausted the possibilities? I think so. Well, hi there, everybody. And it is good to be be back, though I'm not back for very long. Last night I caught, uh, I mean, I was flying during the the debate, and then I watched uh, various uh, highlights, if, if highlights is, uh, is, is fair to say. The Wall Street Journal, uh, I, I want to read to you two things. One is the Wall Street Journal on, on what the story on, of, of the two states is, is really about, and the other uh, is... Uh, what what uh, Gavin Newsom did with regard what said with regard to crime and the reality of California it, it, the the notion that the truth is not a left wing value really really came uh, to fore uh, last night Gavin Newsom says California this is from BPR business and politics from the Daily Caller News Foundation, I guess, that's the origin. Gavin Newsom says California doesn't have a crime problem while staring at data showing the exact opposite. I I had not known the term gaslight until the, the recent past, but the, telling people the opposite of what they experience which is what gaslighting is about. The most famous is Groucho Marx. He's in bed with an, another woman, and his wife walks in, and he just denies that anything happened, and 
And I think, what is the line? Are you going to believe, believe me or your lying eyes? And that, that really is the motto of so much that takes place in the Democratic Party. The, the mayor of Chicago two days ago said that the reason for the crime in Chicago is right-wing extremism. These are right-wing extremists that are smashing stores, looting stores, carjacking. These are right-wing extremists. It's just a pure lie. But you get away with lying. If If the media are on your side, you get away with it. California Democratic Governor Newsom dismissed his state as having a problem with violent crime despite Fox News' Sean Hannity putting up the data that say otherwise during a debate, during the debate. Newsom in Florida, the governor DeSantis took part in the debate and so on. Hannity pressed Newsom on data pulled from the Federal Bureau of Investigation that indicates California's violent crime rate exceeded that of the national average and of Florida's. She immediately argued against, your numbers are way higher than the national average. What does that mean? Your numbers are way higher. So the national average is then lower, he's saying. But he got the numbers from the FBI. Hmm. How do you explain, oh, I'm sorry, this is Hannity. Forgive me. Uh, that's why I was confused. This is Hannity saying uh, uh, to Newsom, your numbers are way higher than the national average. How do you explain that when safety and security, I would argue, is a prerequisite for the pursuit of happiness? Well, I couldn't agree with you more, responded Newsom. I couldn't agree with you more, I guess, what about security. We're near 50-year lows, down 55% in violent crimes in the state of California from the 1990s. Oh, that's the measure now. And I want to compare and contrast that with the issue of Florida that you didn't mention, and that's the murder rate. Those numbers were part of the murder rate, Hannity interjected. The data showed combined rates for homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault during 2022. California had 499.5 offenses, let's say 500. 500 offenses per 100,000 individuals compared to the national average of 380. And Florida's 259. So, why isn't that why, isn't, why doesn't that end, end the, the issue? Newsom proceeded to make the case for cities in Florida like Jacksonville, Orlando, and Tampa having higher murder rates than cities in California like San Francisco, of which the governor previously was the mayor. DeSantis later responded criticizing Newsom for misrepresenting the data and arguing Florida has a higher murder rate. So this is the slick politician. You put up the rates... He has 500 per 100,000, Florida's 250, so that's almost twice as much, and he's trying to spin that to say California's doing good. People are leaving California in droves, largely because public safety has collapsed. 
I mean, <laughs> you could cry. It's it, it's 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 just beyond belief. Here here are some things that just since we're comparing Florida and California. Employment. Since January 2019, employment has increased by 1 million, etc., by around a million, while declining by 85,000 in California. Well, why, why isn't that sort of dispositive, as the lawyers would say? Amid Mr. Newsom's prolonged COVID lockdowns, businesses and workers moved to places with a lower tax burden and cost of living. Florida's population is 22.2 million and rising, while California is 39 million and falling. Unemployment. Despite a shrinking labor force, California's 4.8% jobless rate is the second highest in the country. So I, even though there, you understand, there are fewer people you can hire, so the unemployment rate should be low. But California's jobless rate is the second highest in the country, nearly twice as high as Florida's. And, and he stands there and just says, no, that's not the case. It was worse in 1990, at least with regard to the crime. California has paid $48 billion in unemployment benefits since January 2019, nine times as much as Florida. One reason for the disparity, fewer Californians are starting businesses. Why would you start a business in California? The number of regulations to choke you. Is, uh, is substantial. Business formation. Florida has received 2.7 million new business applications since January 2019, one for every eight residents, compared to 2.3 million for California, or about one for every 18 residents. Did you get that? New business applications, one out of every eight residents in Florida. One out of every 18 in California. Small businesses in California pay a top income tax rate of 13.3% compared to, that's right, zero in California, in, in Florida. Personal income. Business and worker earnings have increased by an annual compounded 7.7% in current dollars in Florida since the first quarter of 2019 compared to 5% in California. All right, I will continue with this. This is just stuff that you should know. It's, uh, it's sad. My friends, I'm asking you to go online at DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree Christmas banner to help make Christmas a reality for children with a mother or father in prison this holiday season. When you give today, your tax-deductible donation will combine with that of my other listeners to give 17,000 children of prisoners the joy of an angel tree Christmas, a special Christmas gift, plus the Bible and a personalized note from their incarcerated parent. It's a very beautiful thing this Christian organization is doing. You don't have to be a Christian to believe it's beautiful. So please, 
Call 888-206-2801, 888-206-2801, or go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner to bless a child this Christmas. Thank you. So here's a, uh, I was reading to you the crime, crime data and employment data, business formation data between Florida and California. The fact that Newsom would even agree to a debate representing the a, a deteriorating state versus the the most free and energetic state in the, in the union it, it's the very fact that he would show up shows you that he believes that the truth doesn't matter that's the only way to explain his appearance. So listen to the crime debate part. Let's look at the issue of crime. FBI numbers, violent crime nationally for each of your states. Keep in mind, this statistic shows what is the combined rate of homicide, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, the year 2022. On the national level, the rate was 387 offenses per 100,000 people. In California, meanwhile, the rate was much higher, 499.5 offenses per 100,000. In Florida, lower, 258.9 offenses per 100,000. Governor Newsom, let me start with you. Your numbers are way higher than the national average. How do you explain that when safety and security, I would argue, is a prerequisite for the pursuit of happiness? Well, I couldn't agree with you more. We're near 50-year lows, down 55 percent violent crimes in the state of California from the 1990s. And I want to compare and contrast that with the issue in Florida that you didn't mention, and that's the murder rate. And let's broaden it more broadly. The issue is seven out of the top Those numbers 10, were part of the murder rate. Seven of the top ten murder rates in the United States of America are red states. He has a 66 percent higher gun death rate than the state of California is a higher murder rate. Go to places like Jacksonville, go to places like Orlando, go to places like Tampa. The murder rates off the charts compared, compared to cities like San Francisco. And you know what? Even more egregiously, Sean, and I think this is important, the American people deserve an answer from you, Ron. You, you had one of the worst mass shootings in American history, Parkland. 17 kids were gunned down, lives lost, 17 others, lives torn asunder. You had a, a young girl by the name of Jamie Gutenberg, whose father pleaded with you to do something about it. And you know what you did? They did the exact opposite. You made it easier for felons to get guns without background checks, without any training. These people pleaded with the parents and the families to get tough on gun safety. And again, you made it easier for felons. He said of you, Ron, and I agree with him, after... After you signed that concealed carry bill, which increases the likelihood, Fred Gutenberg said, of more Jamies losing their lives and more Parklands, he called you weak, pathetic, and small. So with respect, I appreciate you're talking to police officers in the state of California. You may want to spend a little bit also, more time I not on the Ohio Trail and right. other places across this country. You may spend a little more time back in your home state and address the murder and gun violence Okay, so before he answers, this is awesome. Newsom was awesome. He has doubled the, the violent crime rate of of Florida and this is and and he gets out of it 
you you allowed a concealed weapons thing to differ with a parent who lost a child is very difficult. There is no no pain like that on earth. But the fact that you suffer doesn't make you right, obviously. Uh, there's an old Holocaust survivor who's pro-Hamas. The woman is sick. She maybe the Holocaust caused her to, to be to be psychologically disturbed. But you, you don't. You're not right, and you're not wrong. If you have suffered, suffering does not give you correctness of a position. People who've suffered have opposite positions. So, so how do you judge on who suffered more? So it's somewhat demagogic to cite a a left wing parent who's who tragically and beyond belief. Sadly, his, his daughter was murdered. So there are people who believe that if more people, more responsible people get concealed weapon permits, you might have a better chance of killing a mass shooter. Right? I mean, is, it, that, is that not an argument? Is Israel uh, now loosening its gun laws or tightening its gun laws? Is a, is a killer more likely to attack a school that says a gun-free zone or one, uh, we, are, uh, we allow concealed weapons on this campus? Which do you think a murderer is more likely to go to, Mr. Gutenberg? Anyway, it doesn't, it, he didn't answer. He picks Orlando, Tampa, and Jacksonville. Well, what, what, we're talking about the state. On this line that the left gives, there's more of this crime in red states. The issue is not red states. The issue is red cities or blue cities. It's demagogic to speak of the state. Rural New York is not dangerous. New York City is. Rural Oregon is not dangerous. Portland is. Businesses aren't being smashed and... and Stolen SUVs driven through uh, windows in in uh, in small cities, which are overwhelmingly conservative. Oh God, to listen to this stuff! I should get paid more. Never said that in forty years. <laughs> oh my God! Where are my fountain pens, audio equipment, and photography equipment websites? I need, I need I need I need to go to them for a moment. Back back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. The data on crime between Florida and California is so dramatically different than everything else I've been reading to you. So now let's hear Ron DeSantis answering the these such irresponsible but effective on the left. Ah, he got him because the father of, of a murdered girl at Parkland said he was a small man because he believed that people in Florida should be allowed to have concealed uh, 
they should loosen the concealed carry permits. So should they in the United States. I mean, in, in all the United States. That's what I meant. Let's hear. I want, I'm curious to hear DeSantis's answer. Go ahead, Sean. Slick politician. You put up the rates. He has 500 per 100,000. Florida is 250. So that's almost twice as much. And he's trying to spin that to say California's Perfect. doing good. Correct. People are leaving California in droves, largely because public safety has collapsed. Uh, they have. I mean, you you go when Californians come to Florida, one of the things they'll say, it's almost like an out of body experience. They can go to the store, get toothpaste off the shelf, pay for it and leave, because in a lot of these places in California, everything's under lock and key because they basically legalize retail theft. That's right. They have chosen in California to put the interests of the criminals over public safety. Uh, They treat uh, they're easier on sex offenders. They're easier on all these crimes that are leading to a collapse in the quality of life. And if you just walk around San Francisco, uh, you will see. And I think it's interesting. Gavin Newsom was mayor of San Francisco. So he took the San Francisco model, turned that into a template for California's collapse. Now the left wants to take the California model and use that as a template for America's collapse. Let, let, we cannot let that happen. Wait, I got to go. But hold on. Governor, hold, no, no. The, I got to follow up question. You brought up. Jacksonville, Florida. No, Jacksonville, Florida. He's a demagogue. Huh? He's a demagogue. We're talking about the state. We're, by the way, is the mayor of Jacksonville a Democrat or a Republican? Want to look that up, Sean? Is the mayor of Jacksonville. Now, folks. You probably, unless you live in Jacksonville, don't know the answer for sure. But if you had to bet, I would bet that the mayor of Jacksonville is a Democrat if they have a high crime rate. I may be wrong. We'll find out momentarily. And the answer, Sean, is Democrat. Oh, that's a shockeroo. Oh, my God. It was it was worth it for you to hear this. It's a two times higher crime rate in California than in Florida, and he spins it to quote one man: are, "Are there is there no is there no parent of a of a young person murdered in uh, in Florida who thinks it's a good idea to have?" More guns in responsible hands. Why do I think that? Right? I'm, I'm a citizen who walks around. I went through the St. Louis Galleria yesterday. I got one of the great pictures of my life. You know, I'm, a, I'm into photography. I should put it up somewhere. A black Santa Claus. That guy was... I would have taken him home. I, I fell in love with the guy. An older guy, he was thrilled to pose for a picture playing the accordion. I mean, that's not a common picture. An old black Santa Claus playing accordion. Right? So it's it's up there with my highlights. St. Louis, 2023. Photo by DP. Now... My wife asked, or was it my stepson? Did you ask him if you could play his accordion? <laughs> Didn't think of it. I, well, I think it would have cracked him up. 
Not many accordion players walking around. What is the next clip from this highlights of Honest Dialogue? What is the next one, Sean? Oh, that's a riot. Let's hear this. I hadn't heard this. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm getting. What happened? Oh, no, I got to tell you the punchline when we get back. There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. Nick Grovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. So, all right, let's hear this. This is, if you don't know this one, this is really going to crack you up. So this is Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement because we don't get that support in the state of California. So people understand quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more people moving to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving into California. I think that is a riot. Gavin Newsom's father-in-law moved to Florida. I mean, all the data are so dispositive. And then he talks about Jacksonville, which is run by a Democrat. It's actually depressing because it's another example of truth doesn't matter. Yeah, you feel you 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 feel that's what matters. I feel better voting Democrat. Will it actually do better for my state? No. There's not a single argument on why it would do better. 
but it doesn't matter. I feel it because Republicans are fascists or whatever other belief one might have. It's... What was the third clip? There's a third clip, right? Let's hear that. You're, uh, well, I'm looking at total time. Governor DeSantis, yeah, look, about this, two this, minutes. This, this, he is, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. By the way, the you whole time Newsom whole... is smiling, it, 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 it's so bizarre. It's such a an odd reaction, but go on. ...thing is covered, because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the that's streets with right. Chinese that's, flags. They didn't put American flags there. They right. cleaned everything up. So they're that's willing right. to do it for a communist dictator, so, but they're not willing to do it for their own people. Just, I want to get in... Oh, it's too bad we didn't hear the answer. Oh, that's painful. Sean, I blame you, even though you had nothing to do with picking the clip. I completely blame you. I would. I, I, so the answer is somewhat predictable, but not fully, and, and that he will just return to something about Ron DeSantis. That's it. Boy, that small man comment. Oh, God. You're... Uh, it's the whole thing, I'm telling you, what we are living in. I'm speaking at Columbia University next Tuesday. It's only open to Columbia students and faculty, but if you know anybody, please tell them. 6 p.m. Tuesday, Learner Hall at Columbia. They need, obviously, student or faculty ID. And the whole whole collapse of the importance of truth emanates from the universities. That, That is the reason that more people at a university than at any other institution, any other general institution, non political theoretically institution, would say that men give birth. And the like, or that Israel is the aggressor, the first free state in human history to be the villain against the police state. That is how much Israel is hated. That is how much morality is inverted in order to condemn Israel. Douglas Murray, one of the true moral giants of our time. We're, we are lucky to have him alive. That's how highly I regard Douglas Murray. He had a very powerful line, among many others, that I caught. I actually watch him on the Internet because he's, he's so sin- sincerely honest. He is pained at the lies that are told about Israel. And he said, Israel is the only country that is never allowed to win a war. It's so fascinating. 
no matter what is done to Israel, well, you have to stop. I guess they were allowed to win, what, the Six-Day War, I guess so, because it took six days. And anyway, it was a different time. Most of the world, at least the Western world, had not yet begun in 1967 to reduce good and evil to the color of skin. By the way, even the color of skin is a lie. Most Israelis are of Middle East extraction. Most Israelis are not quote-unquote white. If you see a picture of Hamas kidnapping an Israeli, as I did the other day, I didn't know who the Israeli was. There was no ethnic way of identifying the Israeli, none. So even on, on on those grounds, as if those grounds should matter in any event, What is new, my friends? The prophet Isaiah said, Woe unto those who call good evil, and woe unto those who call evil good. What was the Columbia University of his day? Hi, everybody. Doug in Chicago, hello. Hi, Mr. Prager. Yeah, I've been looking at this uh, list based on what Gavin Newsom said of the top the 10 states with the highest rates of violent crime. It is correct that eight of the ten of them do appear to me to be red states. Many of them are states that don't have a really, not associated with dense urban areas that are known for high rates of crime. But I know that, you know, when I, when I, whenever there's a big spike in violence in a major urban area, we see over and over again there'll be a Take Back Our Streets event or a, a candlelight vigil, you know, big public forum with residents, families of people who have been the victims of crime, clergy, community leaders, and the number one thing they ask every time, over and over and over again, the biggest thing they ask of us is that we do something about the guns. And that is the one thing people like you will never respond to, because you need urban violence to demagogue. You're the demagogue here, Mr. Prager. You will, if, if you won't do anything about the guns, I can't take you seriously on that issue. I just don't. Okay, then don't take me seriously. That's fair. You were eloquent. You stated your case. Because I don't want more gun laws or don't think they'll work. I'm happy to have any gun laws that are constitutional and would work. And whenever I have asked what would work, I I don't get what I consider a persuasive answer. I think that the rise in the staggering rise in thefts of stores, won't even talk about murder, has nothing to do with guns. It has to do with a breakdown of law that uh, a very large number of uh, young people think entitles them to loot stores. They're overwhelmingly black kids. They're overwhelmingly, therefore, kids without fathers. So since I and you and others hate violence, I have my standard question. What would work better? More gun laws or more fathers? Clarity is our friend. And I, by the way, I always or try anyway, to 
treat people who differ with me really well because I want to encourage them to call and anyway, I thank them for listening. Very few people on the left hear or read or watch anybody on the right. We know them, we study under them, and we hear them. But the opposite is not the case. Happiness Hour coming up. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. That's right. Dark world, but we have a happiness hour. Because of happiness, the theories on happiness cannot withstand awful events, then they're not really worth it. Theoretically, it's easy to be happy in happy times. Therefore... It's the happy, 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 happy hour. That's correct. By the way, even in happy times, there are so, so many unhappy people. I mean, so the the issue of times and happiness is not one to one. Happy times don't make happy people all the time, and unhappy times don't make unhappy people all the time. All right, so anyway, welcome to it. Every Friday, the second hour, there's not been an exception. No Friday has been an exception. Since 1999, that's the 20th century, you realize that just the century before that began only 24 years after the United States was established. It's true what I said, and completely meaningless. Completely. Just for the record. So today is one of those days where I will be reacting to you mostly. Usually my show is you reacting to me. But on occasion, on many occasions, especially the dedicated hours, like male, female, and the happiness hour, I will throw out a topic and then react to you. So here is a question for you to call in immediately with regard to, not with regards to. Regards is send my regards to my mom if you see her. Or give my regards to Broadway. I can't believe, Sean, that you didn't play give my regards to Broadway the second I said that. 
He's uh, by Friday. He gets a little slower. It's just the way it works. It's, he's thinking about the weekend, time spent with his dog, and uh, other charming and happy, happy events. Give my regards to Broadway. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics, unfortunately. I never remember lyrics. I know the lyrics to Happy Birthday. They're, they're, uh, they're not uh, difficult. Here's the question. Is there a realization that you heard or came to that turned you around on the issue of happiness? One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. If you became a happier person, or a person capable of being happy from one who was not capable of being happy, or just what wasn't. To old Broadway and say that I'll be there What year is this from, do you know? Yeah, it was, wow, look at that. Now, see, here is in the middle of World War II. Parents being told every day, your child, your son has been killed or maimed. And look at the nature of the music. And then in America entered a peacetime, affluent time. You got all this despondent music, self-referential, oh, woe unto me, music. Oh, my God, has the civilization changed? Anyway, that's my question. Did you hear, read, or come up with one big realization about life, about happiness, that enabled you to become happy. If you call in with one and it affects another, you have done a service. So think of it that way, that you have done a mitzvah. As they say in Hebrew and Yiddish, major Jewish word, mitzvah, good deed slash commandment. It really means commandment, but it became known as good deed. It's a good deed. What did you hear or read or come up with that turned you around toward becoming a happier person? So if I had to answer it for Dennis, and I'm truly thinking in real time, I did not think this through. I came up with the idea about two minutes before the hour. I had another thought for, for the show, but I then I liked this idea. I, discussed it with my producer. He liked it. I think that a very big idea in my own happiness was that we don't control what happens to us, but we can control how we react. That that was from Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. 
that was a very big deal. I'm extremely rational, and I'm a big believer that the mind should control the emotions to the best ability of one's ability to do so. So I, I took it very seriously. Dennis, you can, in fact, determine your reaction. You have little say in what happens to you. You have some say, but you don't have any say if a drunk driver crashes into you. Or if you get certain illnesses and so on. That There's another one which I had already adopted, but uh, I'll just give this one and then take your calls. It is known as the Serenity Prayer by the great Christian theologian uh, Reinhold Niebuhr. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So I had never formulated it that eloquently, that concisely. So I can't say that that changed me, but it does change you if you have not thought about it on your own. Give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I I really operate on all three, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom and courage are the keys to, to a good life in any event. But if I know I can't change it, then I try not to allow it to uh, to get me down. This is the way it is. So what uh, what idea or thought or whatever has uh, has affected you in that way? Okay, let's see here. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, what is your name in Atlanta? Yvonne? Yes. Hi, Dennis. Wait, wait, wait. Your name is really Yvonne? E-V-O-N? No, I, I, I say it so that it's easier for, for everybody. Oh, so how is it really? Y-V-O-N-N-E? It's actually just Vaughn. V-A-N. <laughs> you have a name? You were given the name Vaughn by your yeah, parents? Yeah, it's a Vietnamese name. It's a Vietnamese oh, name. Oh, okay. That, okay. Well, that's it's not that I hard. I, I don't know. I don't know why you think that's hard. But okay, great. To, well, to, yeah. people call me Van, and I, there's a joke about it, and <clears throat> I, I, I don't want to go Van anymore. Right, Vaughn. Okay, Vaughn, take it away. Well, I, I, I love what you said, and, and it changed my thinking when you said happiness is a moral obligation. Stay on with me. This is huge. This was worth the hour for your call. We'll be back in a moment. That's right. That that has I think that one thought of all of my thoughts on happiness has done the single most life-changing. Back in a moment. 
Hello there, friends. The Happiness Hour, every Friday, second hour. Dennis Prager here. You might want to read my book on happiness. Happiness is a serious problem. I published it the same year I began the Happiness Hour. If you like the Happiness Hour, it's a puzzle to me that you hadn't read the book. Or, or heard it, or kindled it, or in some version. It's got a lot of ideas, not all of which I've even talked about on the Happiness Hour. The question today on the Happiness Hour is, what idea have you heard or read or came up with that changed you into a happier person? So this one really, this was worth the hour already. In Atlanta, it's Vaughn. And when you heard me say that happiness is a moral obligation, so go on, how did that affect you? Well, um, well, I, I was uh, a Vietnamese refugee. I came here in 75. So I, I know what communism is, and I know what hardship and suffering is. My, my parents or my fa- family came from Hanoi um, way, way before Ho Chi Minh came into power. This is 1945. So uh, they, they had to suffer through all of the World War II with the Japanese invasion and all that. So I hear stories about that. And uh, so wait, what, were your, your parents were boat people? No, we, we, so we are so blessed that when after, after the, um, the Japanese soldier, after all that is gone, well, my, my family was fortunate enough to was able to work with the French and then later on with the American um, in Saigon. So the, the, the 1954, where, where, where we had a choice to stay or to, to go down to Saigon, my family went down to Saigon. The and 54 that, was Dien Bien Phu, right? Right, right, when, when the, the division happened. So my mom and my aunt and uncle uh, were able to work in the embassy, um, the, the U.S. embassy, and work with um, military soldier. Uh, U.S. soldier. And so when 75 hit, um, we were able to, to leave. They, they allow us to leave. And, and where did you move to, Atlanta? No, we went to Cleveland, Ohio. First time I saw snow and thought I could not survive. But, yeah, we, just, we stayed in, um, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio for over 20 years, and then wow. I had to leave my family because job was hard. Came down to Georgia, and we've been here since 1993. So but you're you're still a Southern Vietnamese. I am. Yeah. I, I am, but I consider myself Northern. And they, you know, in in our Vietnamese world, we we call it Northern prior to '75. Interesting. So. So um, how did the but, how did the notion of happiness being a moral obligation affect you? So I worked a lot with juveniles. I work with at-risk students, and I go to court. I'm an interpreter. So I see a lot of hardship. I see a lot of sadness. I see a lot of suffering. Um, primarily, most of them is due to their own choice in life. 
people end up in jail or children end up in juvenile court um, due to either the, the kids themselves uh, do bad things or the parents are neglected or neglecting them or abandon them. So I see a lot of a, a lot of suffering. And with my background, seeing what my mom and my aunts and uncles went through, um, I just I, I I just feel for people, and I want to help people um, empower themselves to get. So you, are you you're teaching them that it's that it's a moral obligation, happiness? I try to talk to especially parents because parents. Yeah, no, no, I understand why. Listen, that means the world to me. By the way. I'm going to make a suggestion that I have no expectation that you'll fulfill because it's a big task. But should you have the inclination to translate my happiness book into Vietnamese, please contact me. Anyway, the that I know from experience, people have told me that that blew their minds, and it should. That is a notion that I had not heard prior to my telling this to people. I don't say no one ever said it. I don't think there's anything no one ever said before. But people had not heard it, and I had not heard it. You owe it to others to be as happy as you can be, and that you make the world better, the unhappy make it worse. These are huge factors in addition to all the recommendations with regard to personal happiness. So that's that's a big that's deal. Yeah. yeah, no, I can't right now. I, I, I wish I could. I really wish I could. Forgive me. This is, a, this is tough when someone has such important things to say. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Lo-Ann Lo in Gurney, Illinois. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Hi. Hi. In 1998, there was a book put out by the Minneris Meyer Clinic called Happiness is a Choice. And it had to do with preventing or treating depression. And I came across the book and I read it. And it was a revelation to me for all the people around me and for myself. So from that day forward, I realized I could not make other people happy and I needed to be surrounded only by people who were responsible for their own lives, their own happiness. And that relieved me of responsibilities and relationships that were never going to work. Because prior to that, you thought in relationships you could make them happy. Yes. I thought it was a responsibility. Uh-huh. I, had a group oh, I as a see. Christian, yes. I... And I thought with. That, that's that's great. What was the book? Happiness is a choice. Yes. Thank you. I covered this on the male female hour. Basically, my rule of life is whether it's male female or just human human, and that is only you can make you happy. That's the way it works, and you should work on it. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Notice, happiness should be pursued. The giants of the founding of the United States came up with that. 
the midgets, and I'm not talking physically, the moral midgets hate the, the giants. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Happiness Hour, Dennis Prager Show. What idea turned you around to a happier person that you heard, read, or came up with on your own? This is really interesting to me, obviously. But I want to take this one, which is tangentially related because it moves me. William in Kokomo, Indiana. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Okay, thank you. Well, um... So five years ago, I was 17 and very foolish, and I started listening to your show, and you heard, I heard you saying that the best way to be happy is to get married and start a family. And unfortunately, the family background I had come from was did not reflect that. So I called you, challenging that, you on that, and you gave me some of the best advice I've ever gotten, which is a risk-free life is not a happy life. So now I'm, <laughs> you'll probably tell in my voice, I'm very excited to, to tell you I'm proposing to my girlfriend today um, of five years, um, and, uh, yeah, I think she's going to say yes. So I want to first thank you for that advice. Um, That advice and the grace of God has given me to be a much happier person, Hmm. and I'd like to ask your advice on marriage and ask you what makes a happy wife. How can I make my wife happy? Well, my theory is you can't make another person happy, but I, am, I but nevertheless, I understand your question, and it's an, it's a good one. My theory is that men how do, how have I put this? Men want to be adored by the woman they love, and men want to adore the man they love. Mm. So if you are a good man she will be unless she has issues that cannot be addressed at this time Uh she your being a good man good person good man will make her happy it is not what Uh you do for her it is what you do as a person a good a good Uh a hard-working man an honorable man a man who does good in his community, a man who takes care of his children. Uh, that's what that's what most women and all healthy women want. 
Fantastic. Thank you, sir. I've never heard of that perspective before. I appreciate it. You're a good man. Uh, you know, people tell me a lot, and I want to hear it. It has nothing to do with ego, zero. But I want to hear it because otherwise my life has been sort of a waste. I, I live to positively influence people. So when I get a call that at 17 he heard that, and it's great because he really heard the right thing because he came from a dysfunctional home, which is very common, dysfunctional homes. And I said, a risk-free life is not a happy life, not a meaningful life, is not a full life, etc. And, and that turned him around. Yes, every marriage is a risk. That's correct. So is every time you enter a car. Every day is a risk. So uh, now he's proposing today. Women want a man. I know a number of young women, they show me some of the men that they find on Hinge. And my only reaction is, it gives me a better understanding of lesbianism. It's dark humor, my friends, just in case you're not aware of that. But, uh, I mean, the, 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 just the photos, forget the stuff that these men write, just the photos. One guy was wearing somewhat tight dress pants and sticking out his rear this is this is my best part. What woman does he think he will attract with that? It is so unmanly, unmanly. It is so unmasculine. <laughs> yep. Be a man. You'll make your wife happy. Let Dennis be Dennis. Hello, everybody. This is the Area Something Channel. Whatever's on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death. Yes, and needless to say, about classical music, audio equipment, photography, cigars, and classical music. How's that, Sean? Eh, I rattled it off like a pro. Enjoy the music, ladies and gentlemen, and call in. Actually, I got it wrong. I, I said classical music twice. My conscience tells me. Close, but no cigar. Because I didn't mention cigars. Is that correct? Fountain pens. Oh, which I love. I just love. I read to you, my dear friends from The Economist, handwriting is much better for the brain than typing. It's correct. You remember it better, you think through it more, and why don't you try one? You can get them for pretty inexpensive prices and, and see and enjoy the joy of rich ink flowing through your pen. Ah. 
Okay, y'all. 1-8-Prager-776. And I always note, if I don't take your call, don't be offended. There is no offense intended. There's no offense that should be taken. There could be any of a dozen valid reasons, or at least valid for me, why I might not take the call. It has nothing to do with you. Okay. All right, everybody. Let's see here. Let's go to your uh, calls. And... Hmm. All right. Wow. They are certainly varied. Philadelphia, Peter, hello. Hey, Dennis. Um, You frequently say that if the left took climate change seriously, they would promote nuclear power. There was an article in Tuesday's New York Times that went over all the things the Biden administration is doing to promote nuclear power. And John Kerry was in favor of it. And the nuclear advocacy group, whatever they're called, was in favor of it. And um, it seems that they are advocating nuclear power. The problem is that those huge, hulking nuclear plants that Homer Simpson works in are obsolete. And there are smaller reactors. And we just don't have the engineers or the technicians or the regulations for them. And it's taking a lot of money and effort and time to get the, the uh, industry up to the current standards. And that's the problem, not that the left doesn't doesn't want it. It's funny that you should mention this because I just read that one of the, I forgot his name, but he, he's, a, he's a household name on the, uh, on the global warming issue. I'll get his name during the break. And to my shock, he was for nuclear power. So it actually adds to your to your question. The, the, the problem is I don't know of any of the major green organizations that has come out for nuclear power. And uh, nobody that I know of, none of the Greens objected when Angela Merkel shut down her nuclear facilities, which provided a lot of power for Germany. And, and Germany is really suffering now because it doesn't have its own energy, relied on Russia, and then, of course, Russia invaded Ukraine. So I I stand by what I say, uh, uh, that I respect any environmentalist. They, they, They gain credibility with me when they come out for nuclear power. The issue that, I didn't see that article, but if it's true, it's a little suspect in my eyes because... The idea that we don't have billions for nuclear power, but we have tens upon tens of billions of dollars for uh, for green energy, for uh, solar and uh, and wind, uh, is a little suspect. I can only tell you that what the article said is that yeah. we oh. don't have the engineers. We oh, so it's, it's a lack of engineers now. Okay, all right. Look, I. I <laughs> I thank you. I really do. I thank you for the call. We don't have the engineers. But they have the engineers in France. I'm sure that if we paid enough, we could induce some French engineers to come over. By the way, if it is true, with all our vaunted universities, we don't have the engineers, and other countries do, 
I'm not sure on what grounds, even in the sciences, we should have any respect for our universities. It's clear in the non-sciences that we don't. Which reminds me to remind you that I will be speaking at Columbia University next Tuesday. It is only open to students and faculty. So if you know anyone who either teaches or or attends school there, let us say it is a young person attending Columbia who is on the left, pay them. I'm not kidding. Bribe them into coming to the talk. What you should really do is try to morally persuade them, say, listen, you're open. He always loves questions from people who differ with him. So so just go. Again, next Tuesday, Columbia University at 6 p.m., but it's only for students and faculty. Okay, Philadelphia, Ed, hello. Hello, Dennis. Hi. Such a pleasure to talk to you. I listen to you all the time. Thank you so much. But, yeah. And actually, I have events, and I use a lot of your themes, so it's, it's great. And I get three or 400 people show up at my events. But Not, nice. In church. That's, but, that's a big but, deal. But, yeah. When I turned 55, I made a decision, and it, it's really helped me uh, in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I said I will never get mad again, and mm. I will never say another bad word. Mm. My thinking was, you know, I believe God is inside all of us. So if I get mad, I'm making him get mad. If I say bad words, I'm making him say bad words. I'm just never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years. I'm 65, and it's, it's been a blast. It makes me very happy. So explain to me exactly what that means. You, you'll, you'll never say bad words to someone or about someone. Which? Both. I'll certainly never vocally say a bad word. And, and when I occasionally try and think one, I change my mind right away. But you'll never hear, hear it me say anything bad and i have six kids and they've they've noticed that about me and but what's really more important my kids notice uh, if there's a, an argument going on and they present me uh something i'm trying to raise them or whatever they'll just say oh don't don't talk to dad he, he he's not going to get mad he's not going to take a side and he's i'm very balanced but i really i really treat it uh all to the fact that i'm just not going to get mad i'm going to try and talk things through do a lot of one-on-ones with the kids all right, so I think on the on the micro level, that's generally a fine idea. But is that true for macro? Are, are you are are you mad at Hamas? Uh, I I am, but uh, believe it or not, I, I I forgive them. It's not, who am I to judge and all that? I mean, I forgive everybody, but um, well, I don't like, understand I, you know, that. I, okay, so there we do differ. What does it mean? Who are you to judge? Well. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, people got to pay a penalty for what they do on this earth. But in the end, in heaven and all that, uh, um, I can't but they can't that that, Right, but they can't pay it on earth if you don't judge them. Well, I think right now uh, the uh, Israelis are, are uh, doing what they got to do, and, and I, I, uh, I support that. But I guess most importantly, my position is I'm not going to harbor ill will towards anybody because it'll just make me bitter. And, uh, you know, justice must prevail. I believe in the court system and all that. But personally, I'm not going to be angry or mm-hmm. mad or, or just be negative. Okay. I respect that. I, I, I don't, it's not my position, but I, I'm sure you're a better man in general for that and your family appreciates it. I, I believe you can harbor ill will 
although I don't call it ill will as much as just will, and not let it make you unhappy. The notion that it corrodes me, I want the leaders of Hamas to die. I don't, uh, therefore, have increased blood pressure, inability to sleep, get snap at my wife, but it, it does enable me to maintain a conscience that keeps to the biblical rule, those of you who love God must hate evil. It's a commandment. It's, the Hebrew is a command. If you love God, you must hate evil. I live by that one. Okay, let's go to thine calls. To thine calls be true. Okay. San Diego, Jeffrey, hello. Hello, San Diego, Jeffrey. Good morning, Dennis. Hi. I'll get right to my point. Good. Um, I believe that the Republicans are in a conundrum right now. And uh, Mr. Trump, unfortunately, because of his past, uh, he well, he is the, the leading candidate for the Republicans, but among Democrats and independents, I've read that 50%, 53% of voters do not like him. I know he's, uh, which leads him to be very difficult to win when you have those numbers against you. Now, he's leading in the polls against Biden, but Biden is old, a bad candidate, and I don't think Biden is going to be the the Democrat uh, candidate. On the other hand, uh, DeSantis did a very good job in his debate with Gavin Newsom. I believe that the best thing for Republicans to do is to put forth DeSantis as our candidate, uh, he has many of the the positives of Trump and not as many as the negatives. I think Mr. Trump has been extremely unfairly attacked legally by the left, and I think the thing to do is for us to vote in DeSantis and uh, and pardon pardon Trump. Okay, uh, I I believe that what you said makes a great deal of sense. I will support virtually any Republican who is nominated because defeating the left is the great moral agenda for saving America. If you, if one doesn't understand that, one is not a regular listener to my show, let's put it that way. The left has destroyed every institution it has taken over, from the universities to the American Medical Association. The harm it has done to uh, blacks is second only to racist organizations like the Ku Klux Klan, but the Ku Klux Klan now is nothing compared to what it was. I just read to you the other day that they're going to have all black classes at a at a high school almost in, in Illinois. All black classes. These are the people who tell you that uh, diversity is our great strength. The same people who say diversity is our great strength are for black dorms, black classes, 
black graduation exercises. But diversity is our great strength. Because everything the left says is not thought through. It is, it is said for effect for the moment to win a particular position. Unfortunately, there are many Republicans who will only vote for Trump. I think that is a terrible mistake. It means you love Trump more than the country. Uh, and I vigorously worked for his re-election and supported him vigorously during his, during his presidency. I, su- I vigorously vo- supported his original election. But my greatest desire is to defeat the Democratic Party, which is a completely damaging party. And anyone who is only Trump is interested in Trump more than the country. A lot of these people are fine people. But think about it. You really are, you would only vote for Trump? You wouldn't vote for DeSantis? Or any of the other Republican candidates? Not one? I, I, it's like, I, I don't know, it's not a perfect analogy. Almost not, no analogy is perfect, but if you have cancer, if I don't get this particular treatment, I will take no treatment. Okay, so the cancer will kill you. So be it. Either this particular form of chemotherapy or radiation or forget it, nothing else. Okay, let's see here. Somebody in California wants to know if I've had if I'd have my brother on my show. I've had him on my show. I'll be you know what? I'll ask him to come on if he wants to come on. I'm going to see him next week when I see when I speak at Columbia. So I'll ask him. He lives in New York. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. John. Hello, John. Hi, Dennis. Uh, I've heard people say that they don't want to compare animals to what humans are doing. But there was a gentleman uh, for a long many years was a researcher, John Calhoun, and he used to take mice and put them in colonies, starting with four mice, and had a colony up to 2,200 mice when they stopped reproducing uh, they segregated themselves in groups. There were violent groups. There were passive groups. And uh, pretty much compares to what, what the humans are doing. If I could give a web, website, the article's up in the, on the web at Victor Pest. So the... The experiment was with overcrowding, correct? Uh, um, There was room enough for them to expand. They were given all of the needs they needed to get by, and they pretty much started segregating themselves. But wait, wait, wait. But the experiment, uh, I may be wrong. I just want to understand. It was about dense population. It was about them 
given what they all the food they wanted, there was room to expand to a greater number. And at a point, they stopped reproducing. Yeah, but it, it, so I as a, okay. The, the point presumably was overcrowding. I have a word about that. So actually, the issue was overcrowding. I was familiar with it, and they did become aggressive and had other antisocial behaviors, the rodents, when overcrowded. Overcrowding does affect human beings. Uh, the uh, the tight, tightly spaced economy seats in coach class on airplanes... Uh, does does raise tensions often, as an example. There are more tensions in economy class than in first class. Let's put it that way. Nevertheless, as a statement of human behavior, it basically comes down to values in any event. Densely populated Hong Kong, densely populated Singapore, densely populated cities in, in Israel densely populated Netherlands uh, has not resulted in uh, increased crime of any significance. And there's plenty of crime in rural areas. I'm not a fan of uh, urban areas, to be uh, honest, but that's beside the point. People don't commit crimes because of overcrowding. They commit crimes because of crappy values. Okay, let's go to more of your calls. Pasadena, California. Jose, hello. Buenos dias, Dennis. Thank you. Um, I've been noticing that Israel is being judged on a much higher moral standard than its neighbors. Is that because the world sees Israel as morally superior? Yep. Mm. Okay, but they don't acknowledge it. But they, they don't acknowledge it. That's the irony. Yeah. So, so they act as if they're moral equivalents. So, taking a baby, which they did, the, the baby is still a hostage. A baby under under a year old. They took a baby as a hostage. I mean, have we experienced that before? It's quite it's quite remarkable. Would Israel do that? It is inconceivable Israel would do that. Yeah, I think that was done way back in the days of Genghis Khan, maybe. (laughs) He gets a bad rap whenever people think of some medieval bad guy. Genghis Khan's name comes up. I I read only a little about him, and he seems to have been a mixed bag. All the wars in those days were brutal. The, the the major conclusion from all of that is you have to be a willful ignoramus to think that human nature is basically good. It's willful. You have decided to become a fool. You may be a lovely human being, but that renders you a fool. All right, and Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Just the other day, Sean was saying to me, you know, we haven't heard from Elkhorn in quite some time. So, pleasure to hear from you, Edith. Hello. 
Thank you. Hello. I wanted to wish you a happy Hanukkah to begin with. Well, thank you. Merry Christmas. Yes. Yes. Well, I observe Hanukkah also. Nice. Um, it's so meaningful to mm. me. It culture. Mm-hmm. It expresses the truth that light wins over darkness. In the long the run. Yeah. The problem is the short run. Right. And but I think we're at a mm, pivotal time in history. And if you study prophecy, you realize that probably the next step is going to be Israel winning a lot of wars, the Psalm 82 wars, and it will become very prosperous. And very blessed. Well, all I can say is from your mouth to God's ears. Uh, it's uh, certainly not with the help of much of the world if it happens. That, that would be clear. New Jersey, Melissa, hello. Hello, Dennis. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm glad I got through. Same here. Thank you. Um, so I was calling to say that I was listening to a happy hour that you had uh, one week, and it was about the concept of, so what? <laughs> if something's getting you angry, <laughs> mm-hmm. you just say, so what? Um, it could be a lot worse. And at the, the day that I was listening, my husband was working from home, and he needed to hear that, <laughs> so it was perfect. Oh, good. Thank you for telling me that. I always like to know what makes a difference. Look, I I never say so what with regard to great evils, but generally in life, it's a powerful question. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.